Toilet. Here we go. Games Arcade Weekly and Arcade Review Show brought to you each Monday free of charge from your friends over at WeTalkGames.com. And I am your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with Keith the Robo Duke. Ahoy! And we are kicking off the first week of May Rio. His Her name's name is Mario, Rio, and he jumps across the land. Now, Keith, you're probably going to forget this in a few weeks, but that was sung by Duran Duran. I think I'm going to call them Tears for Fears in a couple weeks. <laughs> so what's Mario all about? Um, we are going to go through the evolutionary track of Mario, the character that everyone knows and loves. So we're going to talk about some obscure Nintendo titles, and then we're going to start getting more into the mainstream of the games that they created and titles that you'll remember. But we're going to start with titles that you may not have heard of. Some I know some people have never played, especially out in the wild, because uh, we got some games lined up that are super ultra rare. And uh, we're going to discuss Nintendo as a company and how it's evolved you know, through the era of the Golden Arcade. Yes, uh, most people who are listening probably know Mario as, you know, the hero of Nintendo, of the console gaming generation. He's the main man, but this all started, I don't know, back before even I was born in the late 70s. Sure, yes. They were looking for their hero, actually. Yeah, Nintendo as a company, sidebar here, was many different things during many different periods of the company's existence. It was a printing company. It made playing cards. It had love hotels. It got into toy manufacturing. And then in the late 70s, it became a video game developer, but not really because it would usually subcontract most of its development to other video game houses. This game this week that we're going to talk about is Sheriff which came out in 1979. It's of note because it's the first game that is kind of original for Nintendo. Nintendo was very much like another video game developer that we've talked about in the past many times, and one that I love, Universal. Universal was very good at taking someone else's idea and building upon it. Nintendo was similar to Universal in the sense that it was taking somebody's idea, but usually all they were doing was cloning that gameplay. And we'll get more into that as we go through this very special month. Sheriff is interesting because while it has notes of other games, it's an original concept and the art direction was provided by Shigeru Miyamoto, which there's your connection to Mario right off the bat. And you do have an avatar on the screen that doesn't look similar to Mario, but you can see the bones of Mario. 
We're talking 1979. Everything is new. Everything, even the smallest little improvement is probably something that was the first because this is very early arcade game making similar to twin stick but you have a uh, eight-way movement joystick which in my research is labeled as the reason why this game wasn't popular because eight ways of direction was too much for people to handle and on the other side which i don't know if i agree with that so much as on the other side of the control panel it looks like um a thermostat knob yeah, it, it's like an a oven dial, like a change in the channel or something. I'm- Up in New Hampshire, they have a cabinet. It's got the eight-way joystick and it has the little turny knob on the right-hand side. Now, it's eight ways as, as well, and it literally is a clicking knob that you turn in those eight directions, up, down, left, right, and then diagonals, and you push the knob down to fire, making this game very challenging to emulate. You can emulate it. Yes. Uh, There's a few different ways to do that, and we'll discuss those a little later. But this is a game, and we try to avoid games like this, that needs to be played in its proper format to really appreciate the game. So I have had the experience of playing this out in the wild, and that's why I was excited to talk about this game, uh, because, you know, it's got the Shigeru Miyamoto connection, it's got Nintendo being original for the first time, and because of its unique control pattern, but also because of the cabinet itself. The artwork on this cabinet is beautiful. Now, Wiggly and I have talked about, I think on the Popeye episode, how in the 80s, Nintendo had a very specific-looking cabinet that we love. It's got the baby blue or the orange, and it would have very nice side art, and it would have a bezel around the screen introducing the characters. Again, this is the building block for that foundation. While it's not exact to the Mario Bros, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Popeye cabinets, it's extremely similar to those and has beautiful artwork on the sides, a nice bezel introducing the different characters, and it has a nice big colorful marquee. The artwork is top notch on this arcade cabinet. Unfortunately, The arcade cabinet is super rare, and chances are, if you did play it in North America at the time, you were playing either, what are those called, cabaret cabinets, where they would just have a very generic-looking cabinet that they could put any game into, or it was a cabinet put out by a company called Bell Fruit, which is a slot machine company, and they were pretty much just recycling cabinet parts so it looked very much like a slot machine and all that artwork was stripped but the proper japanese arcade cabinet pretty sure you can look at it on wikipedia but if you search it online on google take a look at it it really is something to admire you can check out some really nice videos on youtube that get really in depth on the machine if you're interested in that end i love the artwork in it when you're a kid you're using your imagination much more than you know obviously we do nowadays or with the ability to create so much with our games Sure. Know, our PlayStation 4 is that having that art helped you because you could imagine them being beyond just those pixels on the screen. Mentioning the connection with Shigeru Miyamoto doing the art. Another really awesome person who worked on this game is Genyo Takeda, who is someone who would go on later to actually produce Popeye and mm-hmm. Punch Out. He was actually the director of Punch Out for the NES, and he also is the director and, uh, the creator of Star Tropics as well. So really, and another game we're going to talk about later in this month, too. Sure. Before we get too deep, because I have some interesting factoids as well, let's toss on over to T.T. Schmookins and check in with her weekly Snap Stats.
Hello, I Weekends, and this is Titty Snapstabs. <laughs> Sheriff was released by Nintendo R&D 1 in 1979, designed by Jinyo Takeda with art by Shigeru Miyamoto. They must be some new cats, you might be able to find them on YouTube or Grindr, I don't know. It is one of the earliest Spaghetti Westerns arcade video games after 1975's Gunfight, also known as Western Gun. 1975's Gunfight was designed by Tomoharo Nishikadu, and released by Taito. <laughs> Sheriff ran off of an Intel 880 main CPU at 2.016 MHz and used a 18035 at 400 kHz sound CPU which drove DACSN 76477s at 400 kHz. Okay. A SUEDO remake of the original Sheriff arcade game was cleverly titled, Sheriff 2 and was pushed out in, in 1979. The game now featured color graphics and some changes in bonus scoring. If you scored with the Spaceport Arcade Attendant, he'd give you a few free plays. You our good friends at Exidy also pushed out the game in 1980 under the Frito-Lay-inspired name, Bandido. <laughs> Send 35 cents in a self-addressed stamped envelope to Frito-Lay for your free Frito Bandido cactus seeds. The address for Frito-Lays? You can look that up. We're not joking. This titty snap stats has been brought to you by Go Flux Capacitor Yourself from the hit Disney movie Back to the Magic Future Glow Night Lights of Marty Future Glow. <laughs> now, more of the We Talk Games Video Power Magazine. What I touched on earlier about how Nintendo would subcontract to other game companies. Uh, this is an example of that, and it's an interesting partnership. The company that they partnered with to produce the cabinets for Sheriff was Sega, what? who would become yes, who would become their arch rival only a few years later. But it's very interesting that the first original concept for Nintendo was subcontracted to Sega. That would have totally corrupted my little mind as a kid, hardcore <laughs> Nintendo kid. Not totally anti-Sega, but I knew where my loyalties lied. If I had found that out, man, I, I don't know. What, I don't know if I'd be here today. Scanners would have happened to you. Yeah, my head would have just freaking exploded. If there's ever a time machine, I want to get a copy of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games and just go back in time and like hand it to a younger me. <laughs> it blows your mind until you play it. Yeah. And I, well, oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe motion controls would really blow your mind further. If you yeah, gave yeah, a kid yeah. a, a Wii in the 90s. <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> They didn't add any more buttons to the controller in uh, 30 years? I figured this thing would be covered in keys by this point. Why aren't there goggles? You don't want that. Why isn't it in 3D like Time Traveler? We talked dream time travel games. <laughs> we dream games. <laughs> so, Keith, what is the plot of Sheriff? I mean, it's the plot of Donkey Kong. Evil banditos have stolen your lady or they're just constantly chasing her around yeah and you need to rescue her 
we should say that the cabinet art, while beautiful, is slightly racist. A little bit. Your lady's been kidnapped by sleepy Mexican guys. Yeah. Now, see, the first time I actually played Sheriff wasn't in its proper form. I played it as a reinterpretation on the WarioWare micro games on the GBA. You can unlock Sheriff or Wario's interpretation of Sheriff. So I interpreted those little dudes, I think 16 in total, that would dance around the screen as frogs because they look very frog-like to me. Turns out when I saw the cabinet in its proper form, it's a very stereotypical bandito-looking character. Though I do the, like how a they look... ombre, if you will. Yeah, I like how they look... Uh, the wood paneling on the side is freaking gorgeous on this, and how they make it look like it's wood-burned into it, the images of these little banditos chasing the lady, and also the logo, the logo of Sheriff, which was a, a vulture there on the side, too, which looks good. You can see... And you can see, you know... Shigeru Miyamoto, you can even back then you can tell it's definitely his art. He's going for expressive characters. Let's get into the making mechanics, then we'll talk about how the game plays. The earliest making mechanic that I found for this game would be 1975's Gunfight by Taito. It's similar in the respect that it's a multi-directional shooter. It's got the same sort of aesthetic and uh, scenario where you're in the old west fighting other cowboys. And you can wander around the screen. The only other game I have for my making mechanics, and maybe you have more, would be 1978's Space Invaders by Taito. Because, again, in in this game, you're fighting numerous enemies, not just 1v1. And there is also barricades that you can shoot through to make sort of like portholes to shoot your gun. Both Gunfight and Space Invaders are also good watermarks for the graphical direction of this game. So think of Space Invader graphics, but instead of Space Invaders, I'm trying to use that sprite aesthetic to make a Western-feeling game. And that'll give you an idea in your mind what this game looks like. It's very simple. Another good idea that I can uh, lay out for what this artwork looks like or what the sprite work looks like is if you were to imagine a ZX Spectrum game, especially the color variant of this game. Yeah, I'm totally with you. That actually was one of the only, was the only making mechanic I had with Space Invaders because the style of it is very, very similar to that. Like you said, you could, you could see uh, a Cowboys versus Aliens game, you know, made in this style. Just smash the two together. Be a ton right. of fun, you know, you put Well, uh, how does this game play? Cowboys versus Aliens? No, Sheriff. <laughs> Well, the reason I pick Space Invaders because of how it plays is the banditos go around the outside uh, and slowly uh, crawl around or move around, and then they will move into your your square in the middle the longer it takes you to get rid of them, and they change color. Much like Space Invaders, as they move down and get closer and closer to you, so do these guys as well, they, they are shooting diff- bullets at you. They move in a different way. So a totally different way, like, but the longer it takes you, they'll start moving closer to you, felt very much like Space Invaders. Yeah, there's a big open environment, and you're in the center of it. I like and to on, think you're in the middle of like a corral, because you have all definitely. those posts around the outside, too, that block your shots. You have the tiny dots and the pre-mentioned, the walls you mentioned as well. But you're in the center, and you have free movement everywhere, and they move around the screen in either a clockwise or counterclockwise manner around that corral area and will shoot at you through the somewhat small spaces between those little dots. But as they shoot them or you shoot them, it breaks it down. 
much like Space Invaders, having the barriers between you and the enemy. And uh, as they go around the outside, round the outside, round the outside, four move in on the corners, they right. switch direction and start going the other way. So this is a good foundation, too, for a game like Galaga with the intergalactic space dancing of the bugs. This, too, has that similar pattern feeling, but it came much earlier. So the enemies will, as you said, dive into the center. And while they're in the center, if you don't mitigate them, they'll start changing up directions. And I guess the parallel or the comparison, rather, would be square dancing. So you have enemies on the outside, they jump into the inside with you, not all of them, but some. So now you're mitigating the bullets that are coming from the outside of this corral portion where you are and the enemies who are dancing around trying to shoot you still, but also trying to bite your butt because if you touch them, you die. Yes, one hit kills as is the old arcade way. I don't know how long you're expected to do this. I got pretty far in the game just shooting these guys. You just clear the screen of them. Uh, They're worth more points on the inside as well. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you'll hear this really annoying siren noise and wonder what the fuck is going on. And it's it's a vulture flying across the top of the screen, much like the UFO in Space Invaders. And if you can shoot him, you get even more points at the end of that. I don't know if it's every third screen, every third level, you rescue the girl and you get a bonus. Yeah, and going back to building the foundation for games that will come later, there's a moment between Betty and you. Betty's the female trope that you're rescuing. Yeah, I can't remember Um, what your name's like, Mr. Jack or something like that. It's Mr. Jack, who's the hero that you play as. I guess so he's a precursor to Jumpman. Absolutely. And he actually has a real name. Yeah, which is weird. Shoot man. (laughs) Gun guy. And and not, as we'll discuss later, Mr. You. (laughs) That's spoilers for much later in the month. So you're fighting gangs, as the uh, bezel art says. Gangs. They didn't name the banditos. Although this game is called banditos in certain markets. And in certain markets, they replace Betty with Priscilla. Yeah, so they change up the artwork. Again, this was licensed out to different European and North American companies, so it was kind of fast and loose as far as what they did with it. Yeah, they might as well have called them bad hombres or something. Yeah, and instead of it being a vulture, it's now it might be a vulture, but it's named Condor on the artwork. It's a Condor or it's a vulture named Condor. It's a vulture name. I like a vulture named Condor. That's not, actually, that sounds like a really shitty indie band. <laughs> Vulture Name Condor. We are Vulture Name Condor. We only do songs about Nintendo R&D 1 games. They open for the open mic every Monday night at that bar that you'll never walk into. You walk past and you think, maybe. And then you see the douchebag out front with the mustache smoking the clove and you're like, never. (laughs) So we skirted around a little bit, but I do want to say that What distinguishes this game past Space Invaders and other Space Invaders clones and what makes the game original is that free roaming aspect in this sort of sandbox. Now, we can use terms like sandbox or open world. It's very constricted. It's constricted to a single screen. But I don't know of a lot of other games that were doing that, letting you wander the entire screen. Uh, Asteroids, maybe? 
Sure. No, there are other games, definitely, of this era, but Asteroids is a great pull, and we probably should have named it in our making mechanics. We should have named it the making mechanics, and I didn't think that's about an, it until... I, you know that's, what? The, it's, that's okay. We said it now. Exactly. You know, it's <laughs> you know what the I mean? difference of a cowboy game and a space shooter. I don't know why I put that divide in my head. Sure. <laughs> when I'm talking about aliens versus cowboys earlier. <laughs> and much like... Now, see, this is what I will say. Asteroids is extremely fucking difficult to control. Yeah, I was never a big fan. Even as a kid, it was way too hard for me. I was There's a big Space Invaders player. I love Space many, Invaders. Too many buttons on this on the control deck. Yeah, beautiful much, machines though, much like these with the nice, you know, bezel oh, art and all that stuff. But the vectors just burning themselves into your cornea. Oh, oh, it really is wonderful though to experience that. You'll fucking die immediately if you've never played it before. But just to see how bright those vectors are, you cannot emulate it. And every time I think of those games, I think of Seaside, oh, New Jersey, doing... and fucking Carousel, which is washed in the ocean by a fucking hurricane, which was the last place I was able to go to play all those games. We just got to get Tony Temple to get some of those waterlogged machines and redo them from scratch. Yeah, get him out of the See, ocean. He's doing, it's like, amazing. His arcade blog is just amazing what he does with these machines that are utterly knackered. <laughs> like They should just go in a dump, and he somehow brings them back to life. He's got, he's got like the CPU in the sink with a, a toothbrush and he's washing it and stuff. He really does amazing things. Anyway, back to Sheriff. Although the controls are very difficult to emulate, playing this game properly with the cabinet, I prefer the, those weird control schemes instead of asteroids. I like how this game controls and pro player tip for those who want to emulate and give this a try. Highly recommend a PlayStation 4 controller, which you normally can just plug USB right into your computer. You can set it up just like a twin-stick shooter, you know, with your left stick, make it move, right stick makes you point in the different direction, and then just set a button to be your shoot. Actually works out really well, and is somewhat similar to a modern game that I have been obsessed with, which is called Enter the Gungeon, which has the same concept. You move with your left stick. This is on PlayStation 4. I'm playing this. You move with the left stick. You aim with the right stick. You shoot with the R1 button, but then you also have a reload button, too. Okay. Unlike Sheriff, where you can just keep shooting, 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 you have to reload in between it. But it is a modern, roguelike, dungeon-crawling version of this game. It's where we've ended up today with it. So you can emulate this really well with with a PlayStation 4 controller. But I want to touch this. I I want to touch this thing. I want to touch it. Oh, I just want to touch it. I do, actually, because that's what made a, a lot of these games so much fun. You walk into an arcade, it's not the same thing when you go one unit to the next unit. It's well, nowadays, you pick up an Xbox One controller, PlayStation 4 controller. They're pretty similar, and there's a billion games on both of them. Right. There wasn't a standard established yet where in the 90s, especially the late 90s, it was joystick four buttons, joystick six buttons, joystick three buttons. Back in the 70s, it was 12 buttons, (laughs) no joystick, or just a joystick. Or Or just a dial. Just a dial, right. You saw some interesting and creative things. There are some limitations to how the avatar plays. There is a slight delay with his movement. You can fire a shot. You have to wait for the bullet to hit something before you can fire again. Now, I touched on the WarioWare rehash of this game. It eliminates the delay. You can just hammer on the shoot button. It simplifies the controls where you move your character in whatever direction he's moving is where he's pointing his gun. Or if you prefer, you can use the L and R to rotate around and, you know, clockwise or counterclockwise to shoot. 
those are welcomed improvements to this game. I don't think the game for its era needed those improvements to be a good game. I guess it was just too ahead of its time, which yeah. is why it wasn't as popular, because I don't see anything wrong with this game as a late 70s arcade game. I think the art direction is not surprising or exceptional, but it's pretty damn good. For the time, well, yeah, it looks great. Right. And you can um, see, as you said, the early impressions of things like Donkey Kong in this. Exactly. And the control deck, odd choices, but not for the era. Having an oven dial <laughs> as a, a part of your gameplay was not as, you know, just as strange as other things like a trackball that you, people were seeing for the first time. There was a lot of experimenting happening, and I like the way this game controls against a lot of the other multi-directional shooters that were out at the time. And the music, it's not exceptional, but it's there, it's competent, and between the, the music that's chosen and the sound effects that are used, the game has a good vibe about it. I think this is a really strong title yeah. for Nintendo to kick off coming out with original concepts. Yeah, and you know, I know uh, with every third level getting the bonus, you were going to say this, we got off track with the cast, right. is the fact that you see that it's Popeye and Olive Oil right. coming together and making a big heart out of a bunch of little hearts. Yeah, Nintendo really dug American animation. They like Disney, they like Fleischer. It's clear when you see the design of their characters and the tropes of what they're dealing with in their very simple stories with their video games that they put out. And as we um, said before, Nintendo never forgets anything, which we will no. mention in later episodes this month, too. They dig stuff up all the time. Yeah, Mr. Jack can be seen in Smash Brothers Melee and maybe another one as a trophy. Yeah, he's in and the most I, recent one, actually, as a an assist where he pops onto the battlefield and like shoots a bunch of bullets around at random and, and hits everybody. He's straight up in there. But in the earlier Smash Brothers, he is just one of all the collectible trophies. And then in the newest one, which is on 3DS and Wii U, he does actually have an attack. They always keep that stuff in their back pocket. And, you know, I think it even happened with a... With Kung Fu, actually, too. I think at the end of the game, when you save the day, you it makes a big heart out of a bunch of little hearts. Right. It's the exact same thing. So, but we don't dole this out very often, but we do give this title to certain games that deserve it. And I'm going to say that this is a pure arcade game. Yes. It's easy to pick up. It's challenging. You can learn it. You learn the skills as you play. It's everything you need contained. I have no improvements for it. As it originally came out, I wouldn't change a thing. I think this game is a great title for anyone. If you're a fan of multi-directional shooters or fixed shooters, this game would fit alongside anything that we've talked about in previous Shmup Timbers. I really enjoyed this game, and I would definitely return to it. And I'm glad that we discussed this game, because I did dust off my DS Lite to play the WarioWare version, and I was happy that I did that because I'm like, wow, this is a very good version as well. So if you have that GBA cart kicking around somewhere, check it out. That's a great way to play the game legitimately and controls very well. So you don't have to go through the aggravation of trying to figure out a setup. Although Keith did give a very good pro player tip on how to do that, but some people might still find that challenging. The GBA version makes it very easy. And makes it just as enjoyable. It is a little easier uh, as a game, or easier version of that game. 
but you're going to find all the same enjoyments from the original arcade game with this rehash port of it. Yeah, there's there's no need to change anything about this game. I would like to know how long the game is, though, considering I went I was quite a few levels deep. I'm not sure how. Uh, I believe you just loop. It's just all about score. Oh, like, so maybe after nine, it'll just go back to one. Right. Interesting, because I didn't get that far. But sometimes it takes these conversations to think of other things. I, I'm all of a sudden reminded of a game called Time Soldier, which came out in the arcades, which had a joystick and buttons, and you moved the guy with the joystick, but the joystick also rotated. Oh, interesting. So you would move the guy and I rotate him. This. If you see, look up Time Soldier, you'll be totally remembered, uh, reminded of it. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here, but it would be a great pick for like, maybe for like Shmup Timber or just any other time, because it's sort of like a, a time traveling evolution of Gunsmoke almost. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's a, it, I, as a kid trying to grasp, which I now understand why the eight way joystick of Sheriff was confusing to people, because having to hold the joystick, move the guy, and twist the joystick to turn the guy as a kid was like, it was too much. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> it was way too much. And I think the only way I got through it was at like one of those kitty party places i think it was called like jelly beans or jumping beans or something like that and okay. my cousin had a party there and they had time soldier and everything was set to free so we just oh nice loaded time soldier with credits and, and played the stuff the of whole dreams thing. for kids it's a free arcade oh god it, it was especially the game like time soldier that was really hard and had weird warping and jumping around and and was an evolution of this you can't change anything about sheriff because if you change anything about sheriff it changes everything after it and then we're just talking we dream games again right <laughs> all right so there you have it great game great start to may rio Man, I really wish it came up with a better title. <laughs> no, I like Mario. It's very difficult to say. It's a hurdle each time. Uh, let's wrap up with our Mario. Let's wrap up with our one sentence reviews. Keith, you go first. Oh motherfuck! Modern Nintendo starts here. Play it. Hmm. Okay, that's very good. Yeah, first character-driven game they've made. Before this, as you mentioned, it was all cards and grabby arms and all sorts of things like that. So, Okay, now I'll write mine. <laughs> oh, no! All right, here's mine, and it uses a lot of commas. Rescue Betty from the frogs. We're leaving it at frogs. They're just frogs. <laughs> Uh, Let me remind everybody to please review our show on whatever service they use. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. All of those sites allow you to leave a review and a star rating or some sort of rating. Please, if you enjoy the show, quick blurb, why you like it, give us some stars, what you think are appropriate. It helps the show propagate on those different sites so we can crawl up or or scratch and tear up this pit that we're in because there's billions of podcasts out there and the only way to get notice on these sites is by having good reviews please go out there and do it and keith what other ways can people interact with us on social media well if you don't like to write reviews you can always follow us on twitter at we talk games share that with your friends as well tell them to follow along there's always something coming out of the twatters you can also check us out 
on Facebook. Uh, we are at Facebook.com, We Talk Games. Just look up We Talk Games. We're just We Talk Games now on Facebook. Right. Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, We Talk Games, all one word. You'll find us. Don't you want to make us smile? Go to the Apple Store and subscribe to our podcast on every computer they have left. Yeah, and then review it. Right, right, with whoever accidentally left themselves logged in on the computer last time. <laughs> Do the same at your local library. I mean, if they let you have iTunes on there. Uh, go to your parents' house, download We Talk Games to their computer, and confuse yeah. the hell out of them. Your mom might like it. She might like it. Who knows? Your mom may have been, you know, hanging out in all the, you know, smoky arcades, you know, big hairdo. How dare you, sir? What? She like dudes who get high scores. And she hey, also likes to get high. <laughs> hey, if you want to look us in the eye while we review stuff, you can check us out August 12th and 13th at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. It's in Garden City, New York, at the Cradle of Aviation. We're having a live episode that's being recorded there with an audience. Want to be a part of that? Start making plans now to get over there August 12th and 13th. It's going to be a wild event, and we've just settled on some awesome handouts that we're going to have at our booth. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're a part of that. Yeah, you may have to earn them, though. Who knows? I mean, I'll be the one in the smoky arcade with the big hairdo trying to get high. So. <laughs> All right. Well, for Keith the Robo Duke, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Thank you very much for listening, and join us next week for another exciting episode of We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, a part of this month-long celebration of May Rio. Rio, Nini's an Italian eating pasta. Now, don't forget, it's Duran Duran. Duran, tears for fears. Ah, you did it again.
shots are deadly and when it's done. 